It's been hustle mode since I started. I came on board back in December of 2020 and we were kind of in the trans transition period of going from you know, FDA clearance in 2018 to really ramping up. They had launched a company rebrand right before I came on board. Um, and I kind of picked up Dovin, tried to figure out how are we going to expand our digital footprint and not only get the awareness play out there from a brand standpoint, but really get folks to adopt the technology in the market. Um, so digging through and kind of familiarizing myself, not only with the new industry and new technology, but also kind of peeling back the onion to figure out what's working and what could potentially work. Um, it has been nonstop ever since it started, which is a good thing. Can you talk a little bit about the customers that you're presenting the brand to and and how your kind of elevator pitch goes these days? Sure. So we predominantly play in the space of payers, providers. So think about your physicians or folks in a lab setting. Um, we also sell into large health systems or retail clinics. Um, also thinking about like your minute clinic or when you go to Target and you see um, your walk-in clinic. Um, and then, of course, we do have partnerships with like university health systems with large expansive offices and one-off settings um, with their own brick and mortar or in big health hospital systems. So there's a gamut of folks that we're presenting to. Oftentimes, the decision makers, you know, at the top of the chain are the ones that are deciding that we're going to use the technology. But our amazing sales and CS staff are the ones that are going in and really developing relationships with the folks that are gonna be trained to use a camera that typically sits um, in a specialty office that is very simple to use, uh, but developing those relationships and really building the foundation from there with staff that's minimally trained and using a, a retina camera um, is where the relationship starts. So you're, um, you know, if you if you talk to a doctor, they uh, or a physician, they have gone through years of education to really understand a lot of different topics. There is uh, hopefully enough experience in there where they're developing good pattern recognition and they understand the consequences of their diagnosis and their recommendations. But it turns out that AI is also very good at pattern recognition, right? And uh, in some cases, uh, maybe. Uh, our human eyes and brains can't compete with that. And so my understanding is this is your, your space and this is your value prop. What, um, when are, when are the, the kind of the customers that you're talking to very receptive um, to the technology and when are there, is there some kind of pushback, hesitancy, resistance that you have to overcome? Sure. So I think there's probably a couple different categories to break down resistance, but thinking about physicians, I mean, oftentimes the physicians that we're selling into are primary care physicians. So they're not folks that are spe specialized in ophthalmology. Um, they're folks that see the gamut, right? They know everything uh, inside and out, top to bottom from a human's body. And we're going in and talking to them about having this technology where they might be managing a lot of patients that have diabetes. Um, so that's a great setting for us to be in because we are indicated for diabetic patients. And when we're selling the camera, we need them to understand that in order to help manage diabetes, part of the process is making sure folks get their annual diabetic eye exam. Um, this camera can make the diagnosis without an ophthalmologist present. Um, they literally have to have somebody, it could be the front desk receptionist or you know, a nurse assistant or anybody that's in the office that's trained to use the camera. It takes a few minutes, sit down with the patient as they're doing intake 
Um, similar to your vitals, the person sits down, gets images taken of their eye, and right there at the point of care, they're given the report that says, yes, you have diabetic retinopathy, and now you need a referral to go see a specialist, and we can give that to you right on hand. Or no, you don't, and you just need to come back and test in a year as we manage your diabetes here in the office. So helping physicians to understand that it helps close the care gap and it's an incentive for them to help manage their clients um, or their customers uh, diabetes as a part of their diabetic management care plan is usually the incentives that help people understand like oh you're not taking a physician out of diabetes care you're actually just eliminating all the unnecessary patients that would otherwise go for a referral to their ophthalmologist and not necessarily need to be seen because they don't have disease present yet. Um, so that's where the AI comes into play. Um, you know, there's there's liability that falls on what we call the camera, the AI that we create. It's it's not on the doctor. Um, and really, the liability is it would potentially diagnose somebody with diabetes that, or excuse me, with diabetic retinopathy that doesn't have the disease, which then means that you know. There's no big deal, no harm, no foul. They go see an ophthalmologist, and the ophthalmologist says, "No, actually, you don't. But you should come back in a year for another exam." Yeah, that's that's one thing that's interesting about AI is that you can program it to be more conservative or more uh, aggressive, I guess, on that front, um, where you have false positives and that type of thing, and you can kind of tweak that over time. And again, the nice thing is is that you're doing that sort of globally with your product versus having to talk to an individual person and then the next individual person, so you can kind of learn and get smarter every time. Yeah, the biomarker basis and looking for those uh, specific indicators in the eye and the retina and that image um, is really the advantageous part of the algorithm versus kind of a decision making process that can't be explained. So explainability and equity is huge for digital diagnostics. Um, so part of your marketing efforts, you are you are explaining the value prop to um, many different segments you, you just mentioned. Is there is there a point where you say, and this is how you relay that to patients um, so they understand the value? Is there education with the patient that needs to happen or is that is that less of a concern right now? Yeah, so we spend a lot of time helping our customers that we're selling to explain the importance of the severity of what, what could potentially happen if you're diagnosed with diabetes. Um, and one of those complications is diabetic retinopathy. So helping providers to explain the impact of diabetic retinopathy, which ultimately leads to blindness. However, it's caught early enough can be managed and, and blindness can be avoided altogether. Um, we spend a lot of time talking to folks about that. So customers and users, if you will, can be able to explain that to a patient that's sitting in front of the camera um, and really make this less scary for them. It's just easier uh, for them to understand at that level. Then on the flip of that, you know, making sure folks understand that this algorithm is explainable. What we're doing uh, isn't a black box technology. Every step of the way, you can go in and you know, look at the research and understand how the algorithm's trained, um, the data set that was used, how diverse it is. So there's really limited um, exposure to bias, if you will. We try to mitigate every piece of bias that we possibly could um, in order to provide the best outcomes for patients and get them the care that they need. Yeah. So what about you personally? Before um, you were at Digital Diagnostics, you probably had more than one option of where you could spend some time in your career. What was it that drew you to this field? Yeah, so funny enough, uh, I always kind of refer back to my connections to humans. Um, from a marketing and PR standpoint, like the only place that I could say that I, 
had gone to the next one was by dwelling and, and focusing on my my connections within the industry. So I actually got here through a connection um, of somebody I work with and I've worked with for the past 10 years. I continue to work with him here at Digital Diagnostics um, with Jason Fry at Fry Design. He introduced me to Seth Rainford when I was making a, a move with my family during uh, the COVID pandemic. Um, and I was fortunate enough to sign on with Digital Diagnostics due to that connection. And, um, you know, the biggest draw to me was the fact that this company truly looks for people who want to do good. You just want to do things that are good for people. Um, it was healthcare, which is awesome, but it was also just a great group of people who are very smart, who are trying to move the needle, um, who are really rooted in an ethical foundation and understanding, you know, how are we going to improve patient lives and do it the right way? It might take much longer. Um, it might, we might have to work a lot harder but we want to do what's right for patients. And, and that was really inspiring for me to learn about. And I wanted to be a part of that. If you were, um, let's just a uh, hypothetical situation. Let's say you, you're you visiting a family you haven't seen in a long time. It's over Thanksgiving dinner or something like that. And you talk about what you do. And there's someone who's saying, uh, call me old fashioned, but I'd rather just go to my family physician and not have that in the middle of it. What, what would be your response? Would you say that that's fine for you, but the rest of the world has gone this way or what, what would the conversation yeah. be? So I think what's cool about what we do is that you're always going to have your specialist involved, right? Right now we're focused on diabetic retinopathy, which is what IDXDR is indicated for. And this basically brings the mechanism to detect and diagnose diabetic retinopathy to your primary care physician. So it's never going to be a robot uh, with no human interaction. You're still going to have a person or a physician there reading out that diagnosis that the computer gave you, um, but it eliminates the hassle of having to have a secondary referral appointment, having to take off work, having to wait months and months to go to an ophthalmologist that is just overburdened with so many patients because there are so many people that need to get into ophthalmologists for a myriad of reasons. However, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and so many ophthalmologists that have the time to see these thousands of patients that need to get in. So in order to eliminate the burden of time and stress and time off work and transportation, uh, just go see your primary care physician. It's really easy. Um, you could even go to a diagnostic location uh, where you get your labs done and there might be an IDX there that you can just get a referral for and get that done. So it, it, it takes the burden both off the physician and off the patient, which I think is a big leading edge for us to sell on. Yeah, the accuracy of it, I think, is fascinating and, and exciting, but uh, in practical terms, just the fact of cutting out days and weeks, uh, potentially months, to be able to get uh, direction or have some some more knowledge as a patient, like nobody's going to fight that. Everybody is looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you know, you think about all of the time that you spend doing just mundane things, even as simple as calling and waiting on hold to schedule that appointment. That's all gone with this. And when you schedule one appointment, you go in, you sit down, it's all explained right there to you. And there's no waiting period. So if you are diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy, on the spot, they make that referral to ophthalmology. And the, the reason Michael Abramoff founded this company was because he was seeing so many patients in the beginning of his career that it just took them too long to get to him, to be seen, to be treated for their diabetic retinopathy, yeah. and they were going blind. Um, so he knew there had to be something to do to eliminate that gap in time between diagnosis and specialist care. Um, and this is the answer. 
So you have this technology. It sounds like people are, are buying in. How would you characterize the growth, at least since you started? Um, how, how, would you, how would you speak to that? It's been exponential. I think people are really excited about the technology. I think as much as they're excited about the technology, we've created this um, really foundational mechanism around trust. People really understand what we're doing and it's in the data. We back everything up with data. It's super transparent. I mean, Michael will speak to anybody and everybody he can to help them understand the algorithm itself and how it works um, and the principles behind how he founded the company. And he's, he's written kind of the book, if you will, on ethical foundational principles. Um, so I think people are just as excited about that and being able to explain this to their patients as well as Michael can. Um, as, as much as they are excited about a new technology and kind of eliminating some of those burdens in the workplace. Um, I'm guessing that you're, I'm going to just make an assumption that your biggest challenge wasn't lack of growth, but maybe even too much growth. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that, that's sometimes a bit of a challenge. What, what would you, are there anything from a marketing standpoint, uh, growing the brand standpoint where you would say that was a tough challenge. I'm glad we're on the other side of that now. Um, from a marketing standpoint, I think we have been working so well with our customer success folks, all the folks that go site to site to implement and our sales team that we we finally struck a balance between like, what is the customer asking for? Um, what are those question marks behind kind of the FAQs that we could create to help resolve some of the repeated answering that those folks are doing? And then also like how fast they're going when they're implementing. I mean, sales can sell nonstop. People are pumped about this and they want it into their health systems. Um, but if CS can't keep up due to equipment or due to travel schedules or just you know, limited human resources in order to actually physically go and get these things implemented, uh, we need to be able to kind of fill the space to educate, you know, with e-learnings and all of those things. So trying to figure out the balance of like how many contracts to sign and how quickly we can promise that we can get these systems implemented to you know what is the time to get systems implemented how how quickly can we get folks trained um, we've developed a lot of different tools with our sales and cs folks to help train our uh, customers ahead of time by e-learning uh, so they can kind of preemptively coach themselves through learn how the machine works and then once our cs folks are there for implementation they're hitting the ground running there's not a lot of startup if you will uh, as we like to kind of joke internally, literally just need a plug to plug the system in and then we're going. That's cool. Have you, uh, I'm curious, have you had any kind of firsthand stories or feedback from customers that were, you know, more rewarding or kind of confirmed, yeah, this is why I'm doing this? Yeah, I think two things come to mind. One, we recently uh, have a story at OSF Healthcare where they were able to capture two patient stories, one where one of their patients was diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy and the other was not diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy. She was given a clean bill of health. Um, and both of these patients were so grateful for the technology because both of them had limited schedule time to get in to see their primary care physician, let alone thinking about going to a specialist and scheduling all of that. Um, so being able to kind of relieve the burden of, okay, I, I know I have diabetes, I'm managing my care, I have some anxiety about what diabetic retinopathy could mean for my future in terms of going blind, um, which is one of the biggest fear in these patients, and both of these women sat down 
and the one that was diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy, despite, you know, feeling a sense of, oh my gosh, what does this mean for me? What is next? She felt prepared and knowing she had the answers and she could sit there and talk with a primary care physician through a care plan. And now she has a plan to go see an ophthalmologist where it, it relieved a lot of that burden. And now her vision can be saved and managed um, in a much earlier manner if she had just put it off long, who knows what could have happened. So that's one story. I think the other one is kind of interesting from a customer standpoint. Um, you know, oftentimes you'll see these cameras in different primary care locations that don't have IDXCR installed yet. Um, and we like to ask people like, what if there was a diagnostic capability versus an overview capability where you kind of had to work through, send you know, results out to a specialist physician, wait a few days, then call your patient back and say, okay, we learned that you have DR. And one of the physicians we recently talked to as we were doing some uh, data collection, she said, you know, being able to use this as an incentive to help my patients manage their diabetes and also you know, remind them that we're here to help them or we're not here to burden them with just one more thing they need to do is incentive enough to help incentivize care. Um, so the fact that we can be a catalyst to incentivizing care because they can provide results at the point of care when somebody's sitting in front of you uh, is so important to us. And, and this woman was like, being able to literally talk face to face with somebody and give them a diagnosis and be a human in this interaction versus, you know, sending it off to an administrator that's less involved with them as a person just means the world in order of patient care. So to have that, that element of people and caring about humans, I mean, that goes back directly to our behaviors um, that we just embrace as our core behaviors as a company. That's fantastic. I, I think there's, I mean, we all know that there is this um, sort of, uh, uh, in some cases, fear of the unknown with AI and and what does that mean? What is, is this better? Is it worse? Is it a threat to careers? Things like that. And what I'm hearing is that it's uh, it's not less human. In fact, it's it's more human because we can eliminate the unknowing, uh, the the paperwork, the time delays, and all of that. And you can get not only is it immediate, but it's a more immediate to that human connection. Um, because I think most people can relate to that. Oh my gosh, it's three weeks or three months and I still don't have results. And that the unknowing is almost worse than just having a bad uh, diagnosis, but at least you can deal with it. And now let's get on with the knowing of it. So I think a lot awesome. of us can relate to that, but it's surprising. I think it would be surprising for a lot of people to hear um, that you can get the results quick enough. Now you can talk to somebody about it, right? It can be more human experience. Right. And how often have you left your doctor's appointment knowing that you're going to get a call back and then you accidentally miss that call two days later, and then it spends you spend another, you know, couple of days trying to get back in touch with your physician because they're busy too. Um, so yeah, eliminating that time burden is a huge benefit to this uh, IDXDR AI. Well, we're all patients at some point in our life, and so I think th these types of technologies that improve the patient outcome, I think, are should be well received by everybody, and it, it just creates more value in the system and less of the thing that everybody has always bemoaned, which is everything takes too long or there's too much paperwork and too much waiting and that type of thing. So it's an exciting time. There's so many of these technologies like this that I think are helping. It's it's uh, it's this uh, system that we've all known as flawed, I feel like is going to see some big jumps uh, happening right now. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I think we're really excited about what's to come in the future with continued innovation and as we've gotten through a lot of our adoption hurdles, if you will, 
um, we're now starting to see more widespread adoption. And as you pointed out, you know, keeping up with the adoption and, and the awareness play is the biggest thing right now as we staff up on this journey of growth. Do you think you're past the early adopters and into the mainstream now, or where would you say you're at? I think we're right on the cusp of that. We are mm -hmm. we're just about to make that big breakthrough. Um, we're going through a lot of hiring right now, which is very exciting. I think our team is really excited to be here. We have a great core group. Um, we are just about to approach our 100th employee. So uh, for the tiny startup from the Midwest, that's a huge milestone for us. And I think we're just about to really make it big. That's awesome. That's that's the name of this podcast. I mean, it's people will say we've heard people say you came out of nowhere. It's like well, many years to get you to say that, you know, it takes a lot of work to get to that point. But uh, but you got to do it. Yeah, I think the public perception is that we have come out of nowhere. I think a lot of people internally would say it's been a long time coming, but uh, we're really excited about where we are right now.